bits of the week and we've got them for you best bits of the week with morgan number two number two and in case this is your first time hanging out with me what i do is i count down the seven best segments from our show this week from seven to one based on what y'all engage with online or in phone calls or text messages or emails or whatever y'all hit us up the most about that's what i'm breaking down and along the way my personal favorite part i bring on someone so we can relive the moments together plus We kind of go off the rails and talk about random personal moments as well because that's what's actually fun and you guys want the juicy details of life, particularly with us show members because you don't always get it all. So this week, I'm bringing on Scuba Steve. What up, Scuba? Hello. Everybody always loves when I have you on because we have really good conversations, so I know this is just going to be another good week. Are you ready? Yeah, heck yeah, I am, especially with that. I know. I'm excited now. Great little intro, so let's get started. First up, we had a listener this week share a really personal tell me something good. The story was super emotional and it was almost a tragedy that turned into something totally a miracle. And we loved that she called in and shared it with us. You guys often share tell me something good stories with us, social media, online, everything, because there's a lot of good news to share. I mean, when you say scuba, we don't talk about it a lot, but there's yeah. a lot of good news out there. They're really, Yeah, I think it's buried in all the muck of all the negative stuff you see, especially in this pandemic phase that we are in, that, yeah, it is nice to see some good stories come through. Well, and I think it's there, but we get attracted to, like, the funny, bad things because, you know, we're humans, right? Totally, yeah. <laughs> so she shared her personal, like, tell me something good story, but do you have a personal kind of good story that happened to you recently, maybe? Yeah, so it kind of starts off a little dark, but then it gets it gets happy. Well, the tragedies turn into good things, yeah. so yeah, let's hear it. So recently, my dog, so I have two dogs. I have a dog named Marley, who is a Maltese mixed with a pug, older dog, 14 years old, been around me since, I mean, since Nam. So he's an old guy, doesn't really do much, just kind of lays there. But then I have his new dog, Sherman, who we got when we moved here to Nashville, and he's spunky. He's fast, he runs, he's all over the place, he protects the older dog, and I think because of that mentality of protection, he sees his backyard as his domain. So if something comes in there, he's going after it. Okay, very protective-like. Yes, yeah. So good and bad. Uh, Bad because he's been killing a lot of animals lately in my backyard. Is, is this the freaking stories that you've been posting, the yes. dead animals that I choose not to see? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'll, I'll be sitting there in the in, in the house hanging out, and then my son will come to me and say, Dad, Dad, Sherman, Sherman, uh, you know, there's an animal sleeping. And I'm like, sleeping? And I walk up, and sure enough, there's a dead, um, well, the first one was a groundhog. We have all these like tunnels, and it's very common. Groundhogs are super cute, by the way. I love them. They are, yeah, like Punxsutawney Phil, who we see every year in February. He shows us a shadow or not. And you don't see him very often, so when you do, they're really cute. Yeah, I've only seen one on television and the dead one in my backyard now. (laughs) So there was that one. He killed that. And then a couple days later, I come outside my backyard, and I'm calling my dog to come in. I'm heading to work, and I'm trying to get going, and he won't come. He's stuck in the far back of the yard. And then he comes back finally, and he's got this hair all over his face. And it's not his hair. It's not Marley's hair. It's from a wild animal. I walk back to the area where he was. Sure enough, there's Peter Cottontail. He's dead, too. (laughs) So traumatizing, by the way. I hate finding dead animals. Not only hate finding it, I I have to then 
pick it up and then remove it because I don't want my son to go out there while I'm at work and play with a dead animal, you know, or have, be, have to be exposed to it just yet. He's only three years old. Yeah. Plus all the diseases and all that kind of stuff. And so I have to go out there at four in the morning and take a shovel and throw it over the fence. And of course, it's always gone when I come home from work because vultures and other animals. Ugh. Circle of life. Yeah. So too bad. Circle of life I choose not to pay attention yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically roadkill in my backyard from my dog. Okay, so I need the good news part of this story. <laughs> so Steve. the good news, tell me something good. <laughs> so the third time, I feel like it's third time's a charm, I now see this act that he's doing in motion. I see what looks like two like little, because my dog's uh, like blackish brown. I see two little brown balls just like all over the backyard, just wrestling and and I'm like, what is happening out there? And I hear a bunch of barks and yelps and I run as fast as I can. And now Sherman has a beaver. Oh, gosh. A frickin' I've never seen a beaver in my whole life. I'm a city boy. Between a beaver and a groundhog, those things move so fast. How fast is your dog? And that's the thing. He's a French bulldog. So you would think those dogs are like... You know, like kind of leisurely move along. Yeah. No, this dude is fast. He <sighs> is hella quick. So he starts running after it. Got it. He And I have to run after him. And he's got the beaver in his mouth. So I run over to the dog and I, this is, I guess how it happens every time. The first two times he's murdered is he grabs him by the, by the head and then shakes him around, which is an instinctual thing for an animal to do, which, you know, breaks their spine and kills them. Um, so I See? get there in the nick of time because I've seen this beaver before. He lives underneath our, uh, our barn in the yeah, backyard. He's, he's trying to live his life, you know? He's just, yeah, he's just enjoying <laughs> life. Everything's good. I see him. I wave at him. Thought he found a safe place to live. Totally. He didn't. He's been, and these animals that, he, that he's killed, the rabbit I've seen since we moved in there, he's been there for about a year and a half, two years. <laughs> and the, the groundhogs have been there for a minute because I, I see their tunnels everywhere. So they've been there for a while. And this beaver's been there for a while. So we always kind of just marvel over it seeing this beaver in our backyard. And now the beaver is near death. Because my dog's got it in his mouth. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? So I just, adrenaline's pumping. And the first thing I do is I just go to my dog and I rip open his mouth and I let the beaver free. And the beaver just bolts to his, to underneath the barn. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this beaver is going to slowly die underneath our, our barn. And so a, a couple days go by and I think this was yesterday. I see the beaver again. He's in the backyard. So the beaver is alive. So the good part of the story is I saved one of the animals that my dog was going to kill. <laughs> and it's still alive? And it's still alive. Okay. That we know of, yeah. Unless there's another beaver that lives under there, and this was the one looking for that beaver. But, <gasps> yeah, that beaver survived. I, I would like to think that I saved one of three animals. I mean, I'm very, very proud of you. The, yes. the, the first two deaths are a little traumatizing <laughs> for me in this moment, and I wasn't even there to experience it. So now are you having to, like, kind of supervise Sherman when he's outside, or are you just kind of letting it be what it is? Uh, I kind of just let it be what it is. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll watch him just to keep an eye on him. But I mean, I get busy and like, I have another kid, I have a baby. So yeah. I'm trying to watch that as well. And so if I catch him doing that again, I know what, I know what the motions look like. And I know his starting position because he'll sit there on the back porch and he almost stands there like a security guard with his arms all toughened and up. And he just these animals are like a security <laughs> threat. Yeah. He's like, no, you're not supposed to be here. And he just runs after it and grabs it. So I, I know the motion of him sitting there looking. And if he bolts I know he's going after an animal now. So if I see that and I catch it, I then now have to follow him to save whatever it is he's going to try to kill. <laughs> well, yeah. PSA, if you look at Scuba Steve's Instagram stories lately, they've been a lot of dead animals. Yeah. And I'm really glad that there's a light at the end of that dead animal tunnel, yes. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a total, like, kind of similar situation with animals, like a personal tell me something good that I had, but it happened, ah, uh, gosh, a few years ago when I lived in Kansas still. There was a deer that had hopped 
our fence, my parents' fence in the backyard. Uh-huh. And it was one of those fences that has the pokey little sticks, right? Okay, yeah. So this deer, it tries to hop it. I don't know why a deer thought it could make that, but it did. Yeah. He naturally gets stuck on it. His leg, like it slices into his leg. And he's like oh just God. chilling on our fence, uh. stuck. <laughs> my mom's freaking out and like all the animal control people want to come and like put it down. And that's just not what my family does. Yeah. <laughs> we, Let's save it. Yeah. Yeah. So she calls my dad to get him to come home from work. My dad does. Uh-huh. He lifts this deer off of the fence. Oh my gosh. Holds it down to put Neosporin <laughs> on the spot. That that's what hurt. you do, right? Yeah, you're, as humans, <laughs> yeah. Neosporin is what you do for cuts. You're trying to fix the cut. Yeah. And then as soon as he like puts the Neosporin on as best as he could, that deer just shoots off like a <laughs> rocket. But he saved the deer. And that's otherwise awesome. it would have been put down. Oh, so, easily, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there's good news for his, but very traumatizing that I feel like comes out of almost every good news story. Most of the time starts with some kind of trauma or tragedy. Like this lady's story was her her nephew was drowning, right? Yeah. And it's like, and then there's the good side of it where he's fine. Yes, like the whole miracle. And and sometimes there's just good news. I I like those where it's just like all good news. All positive top to bottom, yeah. Unicorn or rainbow. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Those are rare, but they're there. Yes, but the good news stories, I feel like, always come out of something really, like, tragic. Totally. we, we, We just proved that with animals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you ever, like, find yourself watching? I'll, like, go onto a hole. You know the doo-doo or the dodo? Yeah, dodo, yeah. Dodo, like, yeah. the the whole animal website? Yeah. I'll go on, like, a rabbit hole of watching all of the good news stories, and I'll be, like, crying for hours just watching, like, m- miracles of animals. They're emotional. Have you seen the one that recently came out? I think it was about a week ago, where this guy in California, Bakersfield, California, and some other lady, they're trying to uh, get this dog that's been homeless for over a year, and they're trying to leash it, and they couldn't leash it, and they spent a whole week trying to get the dog. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I've seen a lot of them where they yeah. capture the stray animals. Yeah. So I could have. Yeah. This is one that I think was in the last week and they were spending an entire week trying to get the dog. And I guess it's been one of these like things in Bakersfield where everyone has known this is a homeless dog. And if you go near it, it just runs. And so this guy, Danny, who actually was my program director when I used to track for an alternative rock station in Bakersfield, he's the one that saved and found that dog. Small and was, world. And I was like, oh my God, I was watching, the, I was like you thumbing through and I see Danny Spanks on there. I'm like, what is Danny doing on Dodo? And I watched the video. I was like, holy crap, this is so cool. He like saved an animal's life. That's so awesome. Yeah, very, I, very cool. So if you need like positive motivation, I mean, Scuba and I just gave you the perfect account to follow, the Dodo. Oh yeah, totally. That's, I always that's call the it the doo-doo though. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't even know what it's pronounced well, it's as. it's D-O-D-O. Oh, so doo-doo then, okay, yeah, right? Yeah, or Dodo? but it could be Dodo. Could be, but I think do do. But I, I think know. it's taken after a bird, and I think oh, there's dodo a dodo bird. bird. It is, yeah. There is a dodo bird, and that is actually their symbol. Yes. So now it makes sense. So Look at us working do- it out. <laughs> the dodo. Follow the dodo. We'll give you really good animal stories that you might cry and then be happy afterwards. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. All right. Well, listen to this, listeners. Tell me something good because it is really emotional. But it was a really cool moment for her to share it with us, and you guys all loved it online. So of course we had to share it here. Number seven. Let's go. On the phone is Jennifer in Idaho. Hey, Jennifer, what's happening? Hey, I just wanted to call and give you guys a pretty incredible story. Okay, we love it. What's up? So my nephew, two weekends ago, he's two years old. He nearly drowned. Uh, We live out on a farm, and he just happened to be outside and wandered off while my sister was feeding her younger kid. She found him in the pond. She started CPR. My mother also helped, and I helped. And EMS took him, and he was transferred out life light. They told us for three days he was not going to survive or he was going to have severe brain damage because of 
how rough of shape he was in. We spread the word. We got prayer out. We had prayer going across the United States, people in Africa, some in the Philippines. And on day four, he was discharged home with no deficits, absolutely 100%. Wow. All the way back? All the way back. He's completely the same kid he was that morning. They're calling him the Mother's Day Miracle. First of all, we're super thrilled to hear that, that he's going to be okay. I can imagine that you guys have been through a heck of a few days here waiting to see what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a rough few days. He was... Um, intubated and put on a cooling blanket to try and save um, his brain tissue and he fought sedation. They had him at almost an adult dose of sedation and he fought it and he woke up, asked for chocolate and wanted his mama snuggles and uh, no deficits, none at all. Well, and they told us for three days he was not going to make it. That is amazing. He That kid beat the odds. Probably going to do some special stuff when he gets older. Well, that is, that's fantastic, and thank you for sharing with us, and, and let his mom know that, that we are very grateful to hear that story, too. Thanks. Ray, can you play that? Tell me something good. There you go. That's fantastic. Great news. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. We brought on Matt Ramsey this week. We were supposed to have on Old Dominion, but as most fans know, Matt Ramsey, the lead singer, he got in a really bad accident after falling off a ladder, so... He came in and kind of told us everything that happened, which was a scary moment turned funny towards the end, but definitely scary when it all happened. Steve, has something ever happened to you bad enough that it's put you in the hospital? Me personally, never in the hospital, but I'm thinking about the most recent incident that was kind of similar to Matthew, which by the way, he was, like you said, planned to be coming in studio. And I remember getting, I got the phone call from his label and they were like, Hey, um, you got a minute? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like, Thinking that maybe because we usually do a sound check the day before, thinking it's about the sound check for the yeah. band to come in. She's like, "Hey, we can't make it." I'm like, "What do you mean you can't make it? Like, why? What happened?" She goes, "So Matt uh, decided to change a light bulb that's like 50 million feet up in the air up by himself, and he injured himself, and now he can't talk." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> she's like, <laughs> that's "What do a we good do?" Reason not to come in the studio. <laughs> yeah, and I was, she's like, "Maybe he'll be fine in a week, but I don't know. He just punctured his lung and he broke his rib and all these things." I'm like, "I don't think he's gonna be in studio. Let's think of a plan B, which what, what we end up going with, which is." Just talking to him only and then inviting them in, which actually I'm working out now on getting them to come in, I think, in June, uh, beginning of June to come in and do the performance and be in studio. But going back to your question about injury, uh, my uncle, when I was living in San Francisco, or actually he's in L.A., but visiting family, he was across the street from us. That's where he lives. And he was putting up Christmas lights. And um, it was not funny, but it was funny because his wife, two minutes before it was like, Lance, Lance, the ladder, if it falls, you're going to fall onto the concrete. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to be just fine. Everything's going to be okay. Typical dad move, by the way, to be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Totally fine. I put a Christmas lights every single year. I never fall. I'm okay. <laughs> Literally seconds later, I'm out there in the yard doing some yard work and I hear, ah, and, I hear, <laughs> and sure enough, Lance has fallen and hit the concrete <gasps> driveway. <laughs> What? <laughs> like moments okay. before his wife told okay? him so moments before his wife told him to do it he we go over to him and i the first thing i can do is i, I kind of i laugh because it I was kind of funny because i heard her say lance don't do that and he did and it happened so i'm laughing typical <laughs> boy, boy move right there yeah just giggling at him and i look over at him like oh my god he had he's fallen and you look at his mouth and it was like all just like 
he didn't look like himself. And uh, so what happened was we had to get him in the car really fast and rush him to the hospital. And the whole way there, his wife was like scolding him and like yelling at him and talking to him in, in Tagalog, which is their native language, and just, just going at it. And Kim, my wife and I are in the back of the car just giggling and laughing. Fast forward, he gets out of there and he has to have his jaw wired shut for three months and can only sip on liquids for that three month period. Oh my like, this god. This is hilarious, which is also funny because he talks a lot and never shuts up. So that <laughs> it's kind of like, funny. The fact that he's like okay yeah. now after that, that was like being the worst thing that happened to him. His wife being able to say, I told you so, like that is her finest moment oh, for yeah. those three months. <laughs> I literally told you so. Yep. And then ever since then it was always like I better listen to her because clearly she's right. Last time I broke my jaw. So yeah, that was probably I think Oh my god. I yeah, me personally, I have been in the hospital but never for like a freak injury or accident or anything. I've been pretty good with things in life as far as injuries go. <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself, but I I've been pretty okay. What about like yourself? Have you ever had a freak accident or gone to the hospital for an injury? They weren't like super bad, but I've been in the ER and the hospital twice. Well, um, three different instances. So one time when I was playing softball, I collided with somebody in the outfield and oh. I, my middle finger bent all the way backwards. We collided. Our gloves did uh-huh. when we were trying, you know, no communication in the of course, outfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, we collided and my finger went all the way back. So Ugh. we had to rush me to the ER to get my finger popped back in place. It was broken. Uh-huh. That was number one. Another time I got bit by a brown recluse spider and I went down to like my mom's office. I mean, I couldn't have been in more than like fifth or sixth grade. And I was like, I don't feel so well. Uh And I just pass out. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, Morgan. Hello. (laughs) So I like kind of wake up and we get me to the ER and they're like, yeah, you got, you got bit by a brown recluse. And so then that's where my fear of needles started because they were like poking me with needles, trying to get blood to figure out what's going on. And. I was fine. Thankfully, no hole in my arm like they typically create because it happened like within the 24 hours. Yeah, I just, you can have a you can have a hole. Like, oh, yeah. They eat eat flesh. Yeah, the flesh is gone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So thankfully, that did not happen to me. But I, all of these are just very kind of like precursor to much worse moments. Huh? <laughs> and then the other time I got my wisdom teeth out and I took lore tabs and I was so sick. I, I dropped 10 pounds in 48 hours. Oh, my God. And I wouldn't take anything. I wouldn't eat anything. I was in like, you would have thought that somebody shot me. I was Uh in so much pain. Rushed me to the ER and I had to be on fluids for like 48 hours because I found out at that moment I was allergic to Lortab. Oh my God. (laughs) And what are Lortab? I'm not familiar with what it is. It's like a pain medicine. Okay. Like a Vicodin or whatever. Yes. If you have something done, that's what they get. Okay. And so you're allergic to it and didn't know it. Yeah. They always ask. I always love when you go to the doctor and they're like, do you have any uh, allergies? Are you allergic to any of these medications? You're like, I've never taken them, so I don't know. Yeah. I was about to find out. But then you have to take it and then you're like, yes, I am. Now I'm allergic to them, so now I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that that was how I found. So like three, never bad enough that I was hospitalized for a long time. Yeah. But enough that I've had enough experience to never want to go oh yeah totally but now i'm thinking about now i have been in the hospital never but never like an emergency like a rushed emergency um this was like maybe seven or eight years ago my wife was having like a going away party for her she was going from one job to another so she invited a bunch of those people over at her house which by the way they treated her like crap and i'm like why are you throwing away why are you throwing away a going away party for these people 
who treated you awful. So I'm like, sounds like she's a good person. She's a great person. She really is. She balances me out because I'm an awful person. So (laughs) she's great. So she throws this party. You're not an awful person, but that made me laugh. (laughs) And we all get kind of twisted, pretty drunk. It's like a house party. And then next thing you know, I'm like battle dancing one of these one of these guys kids who is a really great dancer. She's like 10 and just like killing it. And I've had liquid courage. So I feel like I'm a great dancer. I'm not. And then I do this move where I I land on my foot and then immediately it swells up almost like like a huge like sanitizer bottle kind of size, like fat and round and Bright disgusting blue, and purple. Red. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I must have bruised my foot <laughs> drunk. Can't really feel it. And the next morning I wake up, it's still that big, if not bigger. And I'm like, oh, man, I must have just like bruised something or fractured something. Let me just uh, take some like Benadryl or maybe it'll help with the swelling. I'll keep it elevated, whatever. I went to work. I walked on it for a whole week. Even the next night, I walked from our radio studio in San Francisco to AT&T Park, which is the baseball field, to watch the Jay-Z and Beyonce tour, because I'm not missing that. <laughs> it's Jay-Z and Beyonce. Jay-Z and Beyonce, <laughs> broken ankle. Who cares? Exactly, yeah. And, and and I had like great passes and everything, because I worked at the station and all that. Walked on it for miles and walked on it all week long. And I get to the end of the week, I'm like, it's still swollen. It still hurts. Maybe I should go to the doctor and see what's up with this. Because it's not going down. So I go to the doctor. She looks at it and she goes, I don't even need to do x-rays, dude. She goes, you broke a bone. Like, and you've been walking <laughs> on that for a whole week. Like, you're an idiot. You're insane. Your you're pain. I was going to say, you have to have high pain tolerance. Which I learned from that and many other things growing that up that do. I do have a high pain tolerance. And it doesn't bother me as much as most people. And so she did eventually do x-rays. And she's like, yeah, it was probably fractured. But because you walked on it for a week, you've completely split your fifth metatarsal, which is that, fi- that, uh, that they call it a dancer's break, which is funny because I broke it dancing. But it's like the <laughs> but dancer's you're not like break. Dancer. You're just having a good time. Yeah, I'm not a great dancer at all. <laughs> I, I feel in my in my head, I'm awesome. But I'm sure on the exterior, I look well, awful. And with some liquid courage, everybody's awesome. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And everyone else around me thought I was awesome because yeah. they were also drinking as well. And then she's like, yeah, you've completely split it. The bone is actually, the reason why it's so swollen is because the bone is almost poking at your skin. And so it's completely separated. So I had to then, like, the next day, like, it was almost like emergency surgery. Like, you need to get this fixed immediately because you could have infections and all kinds of problems. So then I had to go the very next day and go get surgery. And they had to, like, cut up my foot and push it together. And I have four metal pins in my foot to this day. Okay, so, Steve. Yeah. What did we learn? Uh, We learned that I'm not a good dancer and don't drink while dancing. No, we learned that you go to the doctor. Oh, yes, yeah. You still haven't learned that. Apparently, I haven't learned. It's been like seven or eight years. Still haven't learned. (laughs) You're like, nah, nah, no, just just don't dance while while drinking. No. No. The lesson here is if you have a swollen body part, you go to the doctor. Doctor, yes, which I should have done because my nephew had a similar issue and he went immediately thinking of me. Like, I guess Mm -hmm. that was his life lesson. Well, again, it was a fracture over a break. Yep, and and his was a fracture and his, his. was healed within a couple days and where mine was not and you and now have metal rods in my foot. foot and now i can never be an nfl star or play in the nba or anything like that you really ruined your chances of a lot of things yeah <laughs> so steve i asked you again what did we learn <laughs> uh we learned to definitely go get it checked out first okay. <laughs> yeah well that is everybody's psa if you you have an injury like this but also like seriously listen to this interview from matt ramsey because it was really cool to hear him talk about everything that happened and how he shared that it was like a 911 moment for him. And now he can laugh. And somebody did change his light bulb. So, yeah. pretty cool. Number six Go. on the Bobby Bones Show now. Matt Ramsey from Old Dominion. Matt, I have to start, obviously, with you falling. You were supposed to be in studio to sing, but then you fell. Tell me what happened. Why are you injured? 
uh, I, I was changing a light bulb, man. <laughs> Literally just up on a ladder. I was probably seven or eight feet up, and the ladder just buckled underneath me. I fell backwards, landed on the stairs, broke a rib, punctured my lung. It was brutal. <laughs> I, I've never punctured a lung, so I've, I've broken a rib. But did you know, could you feel something in a lung that, like, pss? Uh, no, it wasn't like that. It was just like, you know how I'm sure you've had the breath knocked out of you before. Yeah. Like I was sort of, it just felt like that a lot of pain, but felt like that. And I was kind of waiting for, for me to be able to breathe again. And it just never came back. So, you know, some athletes are injury prone where they, they're consistently getting hurt and you're like, dang, they're so good. But why? The, and like between you having to be in the chair playing on stage, you've, <laughs> Sticking a rip through your lung. Are you the most injury-prone superstar in country music? I can't. I can't figure it out. I mean, it's like you know, Luke Bryan keeps falling off stages. He's fine. <laughs> you you rappel down canyon walls. You're fine. <laughs> I'm trying to change a light bulb that doesn't even need to be changed. Really, I just didn't like the shade of white it was. <laughs> and I break a rib and punch my lung. <laughs> when you go to the hospital, I I assume that's an emergency room call, was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Ambulance had to come and. Oh and really? How, that's cool. So wait, tell me about that. Because <laughs> cool. so it was. Do they come to your house with the lights or what happened? Yeah, man, it was full on. Uh, it was full on nine one one experience, like staying on the line with me because I I mean, quite honestly, man, it was pretty scary. I couldn't breathe at all, and um, it, I was I was really scared. And they were coming. You know, I was listening for the sirens. The dispatch was on the on the line. She wouldn't hang up, and uh, you know, I thought that there was a possibility that I might die. I could not breathe. So uh, it was, it was actually, it's funny now, but it was actually pretty scary. Yeah. I want to stay on. It's funny now. Cause you did live. I want to make sure. Cause we're laughing. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> the, um, I'm good. Did they open the back doors? Are they double doors? Are you on like a cot and do they, sh- they shove you in like in the movies? Yeah. Shove me in there and kept apologizing. Cause you know, every little move hurt. So, and he was like, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to try to drive as smooth as I can, but this is a big old truck. So, but were, was anybody in the ambulance? I don't know how professional they have to be, but is anybody like, hey, are you the guy? You're the guy. <laughs> so, you know, no one was. And then um, and then no one was at the hospital until the next morning. Then when the shift changed, uh, the, the new nurse came in and, she, and I like said something. I had a mask on, of course, but she just kind of looked and she was like, I knew immediately from your voice that who you were. So she's like, we're going to take care of you. I know who you are. I'm sorry you're in here. <laughs> Did you get the hotel bill for, or the, excuse me, the hospital bill for the ambulance? Cause I'm assuming that ain't cheap. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm, no. I'm a kind of, I'm waiting for it to come, but yeah, worth it though. Yeah. Worth I assume, it. I mean, However, so I, I've ordered Uber black and that ain't cheap. <laughs> and I got to yeah, imagine yeah. this is way more expensive than that. Yeah. It's probably way, way more expensive. Yeah. All right. Matt Ramsey from old dominion is on, they were going to come in and play today, but obviously he's hurt. Um, he's actually somewhere with a fancy curtain behind him. He's not even here in the studio at all. What? Fancy, yeah. yeah it, it, that's like, that's a thick curtain. Listen, I've been curtain shopping a little bit lately. I'm gonna tell you those <laughs> yeah, things aren't cheap either. Curtains are not cheap, man. I don't know. We'll have to compare um, ambulance rides versus drapes, so we'll see. Okay, my final question about this, because I do want to move uh, to music, but are you going to be able to sing, play, you know, do the old Dominion thing soon, or how long are you yeah, out on the DL? I should, I'm really close. I, I should be back at it. You know, we have a show, I think, very soon. I don't know, uh, probably seven days or so. So, um, so I, I think I should be good for that. The, the biggest pain is the rib 
the lung is is back. I'm breathing. It took a few days, but I'm breathing good and and I'm at full capacity there. But it's just it's just dealing with the pain of the rib. What would have been cool because we do a segment called "Tell Me Something Good" is if the ambulance driver would went back to your house and changed the light out for you as you were gone and you came <laughs> home and then they would have and you'd have been, they'd have been like, ah, Matt oh, Ramsey's yeah. light gets you fixed know, by yeah. Our uh, our production manager uh, on the road came in and did that for me. He. <laughs> He put the ladder away and changed the light bulbs for me. Oh, we'll see there. Tell, Tell me something me good. Something good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's the story behind the song, I Was on a Boat That Day? I've seen pictures. Maybe yeah. maybe it's like the press picture, but I watched some of you guys writing too. And just tell me this. Yeah. Man, we were, you know, we made this album in Asheville, North Carolina. We've told you about it before, I think, where we just went out there and wrote and recorded this album. And this was one of those songs that we recorded and wrote there. But it's actually a title that we've been kind of joking about writing since um, since we were writing Break Up With Him. It's been kicking around for that long and sort of became a joke. Like anytime we needed an idea, someone would be like, hey, let's write I Was On A Boat That Day. And we never really took it seriously as a, as a song until we were there in Asheville. And then we started actually digging into what that song could be and how fun it could be. And um, turned out to be really, really fun. You know, we had such a great time recording it. It was just like a big party. And man, it was it was a blast to write that song. We're going to play it coming up in just a second because today's the first day that it's out. Are you guys working on another album or are you just doing some EPs or singles? Like what is now the direction of Old Dominion? I mean, right. We're trying to figure that out. It's it's such a moving target these days to figure out what the right thing to do do is. We have like 12, 13 songs that we've recorded on that on that trip that are you know we have a full album. It's just a matter of how we want to release it. So, you know, sometimes you release a full album and fans gobble it up, and you know, in six months they're asking for more, and we're like, hey, we're still working on this one. But so we're trying to figure out how to best attack that. We may just dump it all, or we may just release it a little at a time. Matt from Old Dominion is health healthy-ish. We're on the mend, right? We're making the official statement here. I'll be back healthy-ish. soon. Healthy-ish, yeah. I'm, I'm saying I'm 75% right now. So. I, I saw that you guys are doing a bunch of baseball parks, which is cool. I saw it on Instagram. That's really yeah. cool. You guys are going to yeah. go play, and you have quite the little lineup there to, to play with you guys. Yeah, man. There's a you know revolving cast of characters there, but um, it's going to be fun. I'm just so happy that we're getting back out there, man. Just to get back out there and play some shows. We played a show in Key West not too long ago. It was so cool to just see a crowd of people again and hear, you know, real applause, not some sort of virtual thing. So uh, we're just, we're pumped to play anywhere. He says that and I'm virtual. He's like, you know what? I hate virtual people. <laughs> um, and, and virtually, yeah. This is, this is good. It's the shows that are tough. <laughs> uh, we're going to play the new one here from Old Dominion. Hey, man, glad you're doing well. We, we kid because we love you. Glad you're healthy. Uh, this yeah, is... Man. Matthew Thank Ramsey from Old Dominion. Here is the new song. I was on a boat that day here on the Bobby Bone Show. Good to see you, bud. Yeah, man. Thanks. Sorry we couldn't make it, man. All good. I'll invoice you like the ambulance. All right. <laughs> <laughs> see you soon. Bye. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. During the post show this week, we talked about the craziest things like we've ever done, adrenaline-wise, because Bobby was going to be on Bear Grylls with his fiance Caitlin, and they always do some crazy things on that show. So everybody shared some crazy things that have happened in their life that they chose to do. Steve, I want to know the craziest thing you've ever done. I've done a lot of crazy things. Give me your top two. Top two. Um, I think... And this was one of those things where it wasn't planned to be crazy, but it ended up becoming crazy. When I think I was 20 years old, I think it was 20, I wasn't 21 yet. 
but I got to drink because I went with some friends who were older. But we went to New York from Orlando, Florida. So we did a road trip. Me and my friend Drew drove all the way from Orlando to New York, like New York City, New York, to visit my friend Justin, who had just moved there and was missing us and wanted to come see him and all that kind of stuff. And we were 20. We had like no money. Absolutely flat broke. And uh, my friend had just got a DUI, so he couldn't drive. So I had to drive the whole way to New York. And I just kind of powered through and did the whole drive, 17 hours, got it done in one trip. Got to New York, had a great time. Okay, no big deal. 17 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I was 20 and I was full of energy and I had like one rebel and I was like, whoa, let's do this. And we like, I got to a point, like, I think we're in Virginia and he's like, hey, let's pull over and rest for the night. And I pulled over and rested for like five minutes. And I was like, let's just do this. I, I just want to get this drive over with. And we drove up to New York, got there, had a great time uh, on our very last day. And our, and our budget was to the T because we had, I think I had maybe 200 bucks. My friend had like 250. And so we had $450 in gas money to get there and spending money while we were there and gas money to get back. So not a lot. Not a all lot at all. things considered for New York City. Yeah, not a lot at all. Okay. My friend said when we get there, he's got some cash from, from working at the bar. He's going to be able to like help us out and give us some spending money or just give us free drinks while we're there. Like that kind of stuff. That's all we cared about was going to New York, having fun and hanging out with him. And then our last night in New York, uh, we, we get on the subway. We're Actually, we're on the subway, getting off the subway. Me and Justin get off. We look back. Drew isn't paying attention. And next thing you know, the subway doors close, and Drew just goes, <laughs> and he goes flying. <laughs> and he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Drew is long gone. And Drew, while on the subway, gets mugged. And he gets his wallet jacked what? and his cell phone stolen. So now we have no way to contact Drew at all in the biggest city, if not our country, the entire world. And we have no way to find Drew on our last day. And Drew's the one with the car. He's got the keys. Um, he, he had, had the, the money. He had the money to get us home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had everything. Drew was my lifeline. And we can't find Drew. And so that was like around, like, I think, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And me and Justin are like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, we have to find one person in this city full of millions and millions of people. So we just start walking. We just start looking around. We try to find that line that he was on and go to all the different stops and just start walking and walking. And I'm telling you, probably seven or eight hours later, we're walking by the Nintendo store. I just had this gut feeling like, Drew likes video games. He may want to go to the Nintendo store. <laughs> All in the midst of getting mugged and being on a subway train. <laughs> yeah, which we found okay. that out later. We met up with him. We didn't know that at the moment. Yeah. We just see Drew going by. And then we try calling him. He's not answering. Why isn't Drew answering? Why isn't he answering his phone? And we go, we go into the Nintendo store. We're walking around. We're like, all right, we spent eight hours looking for him. Let's just, like, let's just kind of reset and have some fun and just try to like have a, have a fun moment <laughs> in our last night. We're in the Nintendo store, and all of a sudden, I, I look around the corner and I see Drew playing a video game and I'm like, oh my God, there's Drew. And he's playing a video game and he's right there. We spent all day looking for him. There's Drew. We're like, Drew, Drew. And Drew's all excited and we like embraced and hugged. And I was like, dude, why didn't you answer your phone? We've been calling you. He's like, oh my God, I got mugged. My cell phone got taken and my wallet got taken. I have no money. And I'm like, oh my God, how are we going to get home tomorrow? Like we have to, I have, I have work on Monday. I got to get, I got to, I got to get home. I get Saturday. I got to get home Sunday to get ready for work on Monday. And he's like, He's like, well, I can call my mom to see if she can wire us some money. And we call his mom. She's not answering. She's on vacation somewhere. So now Justin is like, he's like, I'm going to go to work tonight and I'm going to make some money for my boys. <laughs> and I'm going to try to give you enough money to at least get home and gas. So, so he goes to work that night at the bar and we go with him to help him like bust the tables and like get everything <laughs> cleaned team up. team effort happening to get <laughs> yeah. home. We need a hundred dollars to get home. And so he works and he gets the hundred bucks. He gives it to us. And so that drive home was like one of those moments where it was like that victory 
but all we had was money for the gas. So every time we stopped, they have these they have these uh, rest stops along the turnpike in the 95 where you can go in there where they have all these like restaurants and fast food spots. But in the middle, there's this communal area where they have condiments. Like they have ketchup and mustard. Don't tell me you were eating condiments. <laughs> and pickles and, and lettuce and onions and all these things I didn't like at 20. I was like an anti-vegetable person. And that's where I grew the love for a a, a lettuce, pickle, <laughs> mustard, and ketchup and onion sandwich. So what you're saying is you created the uh, lettuce wraps? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The lettuce wrap sandwich was created in the year 2004 or 5 <laughs> by us on this road trip. So we basically lost 10 pounds eating lettuce and pickles, and we made it back home. Like, literally, as we're pulling in the driveway, we were on E, so we just made it home. And It was like a survival trip home. Oh, yeah. It was like we were playing Survivor on the way home, for sure. And it was like... <laughs> conserving the gas and making sure we weren't speeding and make and then we had tolls because the jersey turnpike they charge you tolls and we just ran the tolls and covered our license plate up and did all these like maneuvers to make sure we got home safely and we did and and yeah so here we are oh my gosh there's always crazy stories coming out of scuba steve's mouth but hearing him talk about eating gas station condiments (laughs) probably has to be at the top yeah but you can hear all of ours we all talked about these craziest things most of ours had to do with animals but scuba steve's was a really um interesting take (laughs) crazy new york city story (laughs) yeah but here's all of these they're hilarious we're all across the board and they kind of showcase all of us as show members too so here you go number five um eddie said this what's the craziest thing you've ever done in honor of bobby and caitlin's episode of running wild tonight let's go around the room and share one crazy thing that you've done it'd be a fun little experiment here does that count your idea your bit idea Mm -hmm. you go well, mine's easy. I went to deep sea fishing in Mexico when I was like, I don't know, 22 or something. And I mean, you're out, out sail fishing far away. And the captain of the boat says, hey, if you want, just jump in. It's fun. The ocean's yours. And we were like, what? I was probably like five, six beers deep. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. But it's crazy because you just, I mean, you're in the shark's land. Like that's that's their world, and you're jumping in it. And I went in there, and I probably swam for about a total of like 30 seconds, and then I jumped back in the boat. But that was crazy. To was me. it freaky? Yeah. Did, were people standing by in case you went under? No, no, no. It was just, it was just my dad, my wife, um, Your my wife brother. Let you do that? I mean, she wasn't gonna say no. Yeah. Why would she say no? You're just jumping in the ocean. It's not like I'm gonna. It's pretty. Wait, do you have a life jacket on? No, it's just me. Did you ever fear that they it's were gonna like choppy, though. spear you? What spear? Yeah, you know, like throw a spear. I've I don't oh. know, like and rob you of your stuff. And Who leave you out there? Your guides. The Mexican fishing. Guide? I don't care what. <laughs> I don't care what they are. <laughs> they can, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and they could. You're just. No, just, he, he was just. Or they say get out or put out. Amy <laughs> <laughs> has a point. Like they could just ditch you in the ocean, and they, you would never be found. My, and they hu- would... my husband and I, we went huh. spear fishing for our honeymoon in Mexico, and we met some guy at the end of the dock, and we were supposed to hand him an envelope, and then he was supposed to take us out, and we barely could communicate with him. And then the next thing you know, we're in the middle of the ocean, and we're swimming down there with spears. And I thought they're going to, they're just going to spear us and take all our stuff, and nobody's, we're going to be on a documentary one day. But did they? No, they were so kind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So was my captain. Yeah. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah, that's crazy. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I mean, even going, we were in a fishing boat uh, for an episode of my show that starts May 31st, Breaking Bobby Bones. We did uh, deep, no, we did, um, what do we fish for? Halibut. Oh, Halibut. Yes. Deep, uh, like miles off the coast. And the water's just, boosh, 
but it's not like the lake. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't crazy. I think it, it just depends on the day. Okay. Uh, craziest thing you've ever done, Amy? Probably when I was with uh, my kids and two of my girlfriends in Haiti, and we went to visit this school up in a village, and you, we had to take these mountain bike thingies to get there. And we were going like on these little dirt paths on these steep mountains uh, with, I mean, it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. Like I closed my eyes and just prayed that we were going to make it. It was terrifying. And I was, I, there, if, if we wrecked or fell over or went down the cliff, like that was it. There's no hospital nearby. That was just it. I kind of thought this is how I could go out. And, uh, but we made it and it was fine. But it was definitely not smart. Lunchbox? Got married. I mean, that's pretty scary feet. I mean, you're standing up there and you're like joking. Anything like these guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, my honeymoon climbing Mount Olympus because I don't you mountain climbing, all you think is no big deal. I mean, I'm there in tennis shoes and we're hiking up this mountain and you're going by plaques of people that have died that they put up there and there's a plaque after plaque after plaque and I'm like man, I should have probably trained for this or have some expert with me, but it's just my wife and I climbing up a mountain in tennis shoes and we did it and it was awesome. Raymundo? Yeah, mine's uh, Costa Rica. We went cliff jumping, and you'd go over a waterfall. And, I mean, the first person was the most dangerous. I was the guy that went. I was the guinea pig. And, I mean, it, there could have been a sharp rock down there, and it just instantly killed you. We were jumping, like, 20, 25 feet into water. Did people tell you this is a clear spot, or you guys just? Our guide was like, ah, oh, I mean, we did this before. I'm pretty sure it's very deep. But, I mean, <laughs> there's sure. no way to know what it is unless that until yeah. that first person goes. Morgan? Uh, yeah, my family went swimming with stingrays. And that was pretty crazy. One of them bit my mom's finger, and it put oh. us back in the boat. So they bite. Didn't. Yeah, when you you when you go down, you feed them, and you're supposed to put your thumb in your hand. And if you don't, like when you give them the fish, and if somehow your thumb leaves it, they'll grab a hold of your Ooh. thumb, and they can take off a whole finger if you let them. That's how the crocodile hunter died. Stingrays. Yeah, the stinger got him. Really? Yeah. Mm, got him in I the chest. I forgot about that. They feel really cool, though. Like, their bellies are, like, soft. They feel like uh-huh. a, a baby skin, so they're really cool. But, yeah, you definitely have to be really careful. We caught a lot of them in the net when we were halibut fishing. And you can pick them up and throw them out of the boat. That's what we, because anything that we weren't keeping, we tried to throw back to, so they would live. And they did. I mean, How would you pick it up, like, from the... Front part, not the tail, obviously. That's what no, the stinger um, is. It's fine. We didn't pick it from the tail, but you could have. They were to grab it. They were just trying to get them back out as ah. soon as they possibly could. I think I have a picture. But, yeah, you, you just pick them up. But, yeah, but I guess they, they only sting when they want to sting. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, they have the stinger. It's like a fist. Like, I can make my fist, and you can take oh, it and got it, yourself got it, yeah, with yeah. it. But unless I'm putting the force behind it and popping you. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, everybody in? Right? Mike, do you have anything? Nah. No? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, huh? No, nothing comes to mind? All right. Well, I hope you guys watch tonight. Is, uh, would this, I mean, what's the scariest thing you've done? Is this you, the, first this episode, the first episode of Breaking My Bones is by far. It's uh, hanging over the Grand Canyon, 4,000 feet on a rope. Yeah. Awful. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. This week, we also brought in Jordan Davis. He talked about everything happening in his life from his wife getting pregnant and them having their second baby all the things. Also, he performed some of his hits, which there's so many for him to perform. It was a really fun interview. He hung out with us for a while, and Jordan Davis is possibly just one of the sweetest humans ever. So definitely listen to this, and then after you listen to it, go watch it on bobbybones.com. Video, interview, performance, all the things. Number four. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Jordan Davis. How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. 
doing I, good. Let me first say congratulations. Saw Thank on your you. Instagram, you're having a boy now. Yeah. Baby boy. You have a girl already? Got a girl. How, did you do a gender reveal, a private one? What happened? Yeah, we just it was just me, my wife, and Eloise. We just did it at the house. What do you mean did it? Like we did. No, I mean yeah. like what do you mean? Like how what was that? <laughs> it was a uh so apparently she found a place that does like a present. And so you unbox the present and it either gives you like boy toys or like like girl stuff. Did she send the results off to some and none yeah, of yeah. you knew so i think like she went because i haven't been able to go to the doctor really like through any of the like i'm able to go in for like five minutes of like an ultrasound and then they like rush me out uh and so i guess the doctor like she told him like, hey we don't want to find out what it is or we're doing like a gender reveal so they do the sonogram ultrasound yeah, well, both those words are familiar yeah. to me. But kind not of the really same what thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they work. And then uh, you send it, and then she sends it off to the. I guess I just put an envelope, and you send it to the place that's boxes the present up for you. Were you so pumped since you had a girl to have a boy? You know, so Kristen didn't want to find out. My wife didn't want to find out what it was, and we've got three girls on. On my brother's got three girls. We had a girl. Wow. I, I really, and we didn't find out what Eloise was. So we found out in the delivery room with her. She, my wife didn't want to find out. I kind of did. And I'll be honest with you. I kind of wish that we would have just waited. And my wife told me I was going to feel this way. but You wish you waited for the room? I wish I would have just like not found out like we did with my, for, with my daughter. Regardless if it was a boy or a girl. You just Because, yeah. oh. I mean, like now it's cool. Like it's, it's awesome to know that we have a boy. But like it was really special like not knowing what it was. And then here comes Eloise and... It's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, so much has changed for you in the last few years. You know? Yeah. I mean, you're a guy now singing about, you know, your first song, Singles You Up. That was the first hit, right? Yeah, first one. If he ever singles you up. That's and that, that's your song. I mean, that's talking about a you that was years ago. Yeah. And now you're a dad of two. Yeah. Like, do you have to kind of think about yourself back then, or are you just on auto, autopilot with that song? No. I mean, I think that you can... I mean, fortunately for that, that one was such a big song for us. Like, it's just... Now it's just really fun to get out there and play. Like the one song that you know they're kind of looking forward to. Uh, and I mean, it's just, it's still just fun to play. You want to play some of that for us? Yeah. Jordan Davis is here, by the way. His EP is out. Buy Dirt. It's out today. Uh, Luke Bryan's on Buy Dirt. That song, we'll talk about that in a second. But here is his first hit. Here is Singles You Up. I ain't heard you laugh like that in a long time. I wonder if it stopped his world like it did mine just now. I see you sipping white wine instead of whiskey. Does he want you to be just a little more city? Well, I'm sorry if I'm overstepping boundaries. I don't mean to be. I've just got to tell you how I feel. If he ever singles you up, he's ever stupid enough. I'm gonna be the first one that's calling you baby And if he ain't holding you tight If he ain't treating you right I'm gonna be the first one that's calling him crazy Cause girl it's just a matter of time Until you find that the right guy Staring you back into your eyes right now No rush but if he ever singles you up Nice yeah. Is that where you play the very last Where do you put that in your set list? So we just started moving this, moving that one up. Uh, 
that, but it's still towards like the back half, like probably the last three or four songs. We kind of will we'll play that one, and then we'll end on some of the some of the other ones, some of the newer ones. Because if you played it earlier. People be like, oh, we heard it. Let's go, guys. I know. That's it, what, wouldn't that's that be song. terrible? If like half of your <laughs> that was like one of the worst parts about playing through the pandemic when we were doing these drive-in shows. Like, it, 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 I just tell myself that they were trying to beat the traffic because nobody wants to say like, oh yeah, that car's leaving because you just ran them off. But like, they would just be parked right in front of you, and then they, you just see them like back out, like headlights hit you, <laughs> reverse lights. They're like taking off. There's like five or six cars lined up to get off the highway, and you're just kind of still sitting there playing songs. Have you played many live shows? I've played, I've played four since last March. Since you're able to get back out on the road, but you played four recently. I've played four, and three of them have been within the last three weeks. Is it pretty exciting to get back out there? It is, man. God, it felt great. I mean, we did one in Indiana that was, you know, almost half capacity, and the last two have been right at full capacity. And it feels good to be back out playing music, being on stage. It's pretty awesome. Where do you put slow dance in a parking lot in your set? I usually do like a little like acoustic thing in the middle of my set, uh, and I usually end that with in that little segment with slow dance, and then we've we've. We got four or five left that we try to end on a high note. Here is a little bit of slow dance in a parking lot from Jordan Davis. Lights go down, wheels go around. I'm taking you home, hoping for a slow song to come home. Radio now. Not ready to shut it down in the dashboard glow. Sitting in your eyes, making me lose everything. So my mind, and the only thing I wanna do is find a spot. Stop this car and throw it in park and just slow down. With you spinning you around by the Walmart sign and moving our feet over the painted white lines, get close. To you, making the most of whatever we got, even if it's just a slow dance in a parking lot. Nice. I feel like I wanted to ask you to dance during the Eddie, but I thought it would be weird. Yeah, it would be weird. <laughs> yeah. Good thing you didn't. Now, the reason we're here today is the By Dirt EP is out today. It's eight songs, which one of these songs is almost maybes, which is now in the top ten. Yeah. How great is it to have more songs to add to your live show that people know? I just got to think that that changes the whole show. You know, it like... At first, it was crazy thinking back like two years ago, when we would get a sixty-minute set, it was it was pretty nerve-wracking. It was like, all right, you don't want to play just covers the whole time, but you've only got two songs that they really know. They don't really know a lot of the album songs, so um, it's pretty wild now to start building those sets out and being like, man, when are, how, like, how are we going to get to all these songs? Or like, if we have like a forty-five-minute you know festival slot, where it's kind of like, man, we've got you know coming up on five singles. Um, you know, how do we mix in some of the songs that aren't singles that they still want to hear? Uh, so, yeah, a lot better spot to be in now than it was starting out when we were running all over the place in a van. This is track six on the new EP. This is Almost Maybes. Play a little bit of this for us. Ready to rock? I had a one say we were done in a Baton Rouge college ball. Kinda came out of nowhere, man, I took that one pretty hard 
I had another one in another town And I spent a whole lot of nights missing her Till it all went black She stopped texting back And I finally got the picture So here's to the almost So close It's over out of the blues Here's to the hey I think we need to talk And it ain't me it's you Here's to the tears and beers And wasted years on weeds That look like daisies But I wouldn't be sitting here next to you If it weren't for the almost maybe That's a good one too who knew they got so many good songs? <laughs> I appreciate it. He also has, in case you're wondering, Take It From Me was the number one song too, right? Oh, Take yeah. It From Me was there as well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just slowly creeps up on you with all the hits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I still remember the first day getting the call about Singles You Up being a number one, and it's still just a special every time that, that we get one. So, very grateful. On this new EP, you wrote every song except for track one, which is that John Prine song. Yeah. Why'd you pick that song? Man, that was always one of my – I'm a huge John Prine fan, and unfortunately we lost him over the pandemic. And, uh, you know, not that John Prine needed me to tip my hat to him, but that was just my way of saying thank you for the influence that he's had on my music and the, the songs that he's left us with. And, um, and, and I just thought that would be a great way to kind of start off this EP. By Dirt has Luke Bryan on it. It's the, the title track. It's track two on this. How did you get Luke and – why this song for Luke? I actually, uh, the, the second we, the, we, when we finished it, I was like, man, this just feels like, you know, Luke. And, and the cool thing is, you know, that song is Luke. I mean, he's got farms all over Tennessee. Uh, so he, he knows a little bit about buying dirt. Uh, but also, too, man, he's a great dad, great husband, and just a, a great guy. And, uh, and I, I actually sent him a text message with the song attached. And I was like, Luke, man, this song means a lot to me. And I think it's going to speak to you. If it does, I would love to have you on it. Uh, if not, I know you're busy. Um, but uh, don't even feel the need to respond. But just check it out and um, hope you're well. Dang, and that's a weird message to have to it send. Really, it really, dude. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, I knew he's super busy with, I mean, I don't, like, everything that's going on. And I, and I hate, like, putting people in a situation where, like, because I've been sent some stuff where, like, you hate saying no. And you're like, gosh, man, I wish I could say yes to this, but I can't. So I like to just kind of leave it open-ended, especially when you're talking to Luke Bryan. It's usually good to leave it open-ended. Here is uh, Jordan Davis with Luke Bryan. Here's By Dirt. By Dirt, find the one you can't live without. Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground. Do what you love, but call it work. And throw a little money in the plate in church. Send your prayers up and your roots down deep. And add a few limbs to your family tree. And watch their pencil marks in the grass in the yard all grow up. Cause the truth about it is, it all goes by real quick. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy dirt. Isn't it cool when you get it back and you get to hear him put his voice on it the first time? It's it's pretty wild, even watching him sing that. Because, I mean, like, Luke's been such an influence on me, you know, especially after moving to Nashville. But like just sitting in the studio with him, watching Luke sing. Oh, you were in with him. Oh yeah, I was. I was there like the day, like headphones on, and just like waiting for that second verse to come in and him to start singing. And that, like when you know, I mean, it's a pinch me thing where you're like, dude, I'm sitting here in Nashville, Tennessee, recording a song that I got to write with some of my best friends, and Luke Bryan's in there singing on it. It's pretty wild. 
I just think about sending that text, and you're just like, oh, man, is he going to respond? You're watching see if those bubbles pop up, <laughs> I know, and but then they then, go away. And they. Ca- but then he also gave permission for him not to respond. I, l- I try to leave it as open. I know, like, which is nice and thoughtful because you know how busy he is. And then you're like, did he, did he get it? What did he say back to it? <laughs> he, oh, he's, he, his first message back was, what's your plan with this song? And like, I looked down and saw like text from Luke, and I was like, oh, my God, he listened to it. Like. I looked down, I was like, what's your plan? So I basically just reset. I think I was like so nervous. I just re- like reworded the first message I sent. <laughs> and now that like, now that I'm looking back on it, he was probably like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Is this like a full on, like, do you want me to take second verse? Do you want me to like, how are we doing this? That's probably what he meant. But I'm just like, uh, this song means a lot to me. Oh. <laughs> 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 He's like, man, let me live with it for a week. And, and I mean, almost to the day, calls him back a week later. I'm sitting on the couch with my father-in-law, and I look down, and Luke's When you see me. Luke Bryan come on your phone, you know he's about to tell you yes or no. Does your heart flutter like, oh, boy, here, this is the answer? Oh, yeah. And, and the best thing, I was watching golf with my father-in-law. My phone's on the couch, and he looks down and sees Luke Bryan, too. And I was like, will you grab that for me? He's like, oh, no, man, I think you need to get that one. <laughs> what, he call, dude, he, he was... I mean, he was actually driving out to his farm whenever he called me and, and told me. going to buy some dirt. Yeah. He probably <laughs> felt like he was just going right. to do it all probably together. So. Yeah. All right, you guys. Jordan Davis has a new EP out today. Um, just, you know, such a good guy. Good music. He talks about golf, but every time I text him, he's like, ah, sorry, I can't play. Oh, uh, it's been at least four times. I've asked him to play at least four times at this point. I've, and I've been out of town every time. One, I think one time Jordan texted me to play golf, and it was during the morning. And I'm like, I have a job. <laughs> I, it's like when you ask someone to do something, but you know they're busy. Oh, so they're, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, I, like, but there's a good chance you're either in Cal. You're, I knew there's a chance you're doing something, but I was like, you know what? We've been trying to play golf together forever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text him just to see. He's like, and hey, you I did know, try to make it work. He's like, I know it's a weekday and it's during the morning hours, and you, I don't know what you got going on. I don't know I'm like, I have to do my job. I don't know if you're busy. At I have all. to pay my mortgage. <laughs> uh, you guys check out Buy Dirt, not only the song but the entire EP. Uh, Jordan, good to see you, bud. You too, buddy. Thank you. Love having you around. There he is, our friend Jordan Davis, everybody. Thank y'all. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. This week on the show, we got another wedding update from Bobby. Him and his fiance, Caitlin, are obviously getting married this summer and everybody's super excited about it. Well, we got an update that, you know, they're not going to have any phones at the ceremony. Scuba, I want to know if you had any kind of rules at your wedding that the people who came had to, you know, like follow. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for us, the only rule that we had was no kids. And I feel like that's become more and more common. And our thinking was not that we don't want your kids there, because we did have some kids who were involved in the wedding, like the ring bearer and that kind of stuff. But we just want the adults to have a night where they don't have to worry about watching the kids. They can let loose. They can drink. There was Ubers and transportation provided to and from the event. So there was a safe way to have a really good time. So for us, it was just no kids and adults got to be 21 again. And it was an awesome time. Well, and I feel like it is becoming such a thing, but there's still such a stigma with it. People are like literally 50, 50 on that. Yeah. They're 50, 50 on kids at a wedding, um, being an open bar at a wedding. 
Yeah, we had open bar for sure. Yeah, uh, that's oh, yeah. like my one thing. I'm like, whoever I marry, it has to be an open bar. My friends are gonna be pissed. Yeah, like if it's just beer and wine, and you get like get you get raffle tickets <laughs> and you get two each. I mean, what we did for us, it was most venues will allow this if you talk to them in advance. We went to Costco and got a load of like whiskey and vodkas and beers and wine and just bought a bunch of them, and it cost us maybe a couple hundred bucks and just had to pay for the bartender service. And that was it. And it was much cheaper than having to pay for a restaurant or whatever to keep providing drinks. That so there's makes loopholes a lot to more it. sense. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, maybe some places that are um, restaurants and stuff may not allow that. But we had ours at like a wedding venue, outdoor, like Rose Garden type thing. So they're like, yeah, we don't care as long as you pay for the bartender. You can bring whatever liquor and beer you want. So we just had a ton of it. So we didn't run out, which was awesome. What kind of food did you all have at your wedding? So uh, I've been a morning person my whole life, and so is my wife. Don't tell me so. you had breakfast for dinner. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so jealous. So we had a breakfast wedding, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what was all served? What all food items? So we had chicken and waffles. We had, um, I, I'm honest with you, I don't remember all of it. Um, we actually had a horror story with our food oh, where no. we went for our tasting, and it was exquisite. Like, it was top of the line ingredients everything was amazing and then the day of the wedding i kid you not it was like the chicken and waffles was like an ego waffle and <laughs> and like a crappy panko chicken breast and we're like what is happening here and we found out that that we were their last wedding ever and we were selling they were selling off their business to somebody else so we were just kind of like okay we don't have any supplies anymore just give them whatever go to costco and buy a bunch of random crap what yeah. Did you get your money back? So we tried and we complained, but because the business got sold to somebody else, we felt terrible to put it on the new owners. So they gave us like a credit for $2,500 that we never used. But I look at it as like, you have a wedding day, there's going to be something that's going to go wrong. I'd rather be something like the food than like my wife not marrying yeah, me. Yeah, like running away. <laughs> running She's away. a runaway ride. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take the one bad thing so that everything else was fantastic because it was. Everything else was, it was absolutely amazing. Well, and I mean, I'm glad the rest of your wedding was good, but it's definitely a bummer because like breakfast for dinner is such a good idea. Yeah, and it was supposed to be really, we, we tasted the food. It was amazing. And then it's just like, it's like we got the old switcheroo. We're like, Ego waffles and like, what is this? This is garbage. So the only thing that, that was good as far as uh, food goes, it was the drinks were great. And then we had a dessert bar afterwards because I have a sweet tooth as well. Love that. So we had a lot of really cool desserts and like candies and stuff like that. I mean, that kind of makes up for everything, right? You know, yeah. The dessert bar. Plus, everyone was so drunk, they didn't even, they didn't even know what was going on <laughs> with the food. They're like, this is great. I'm like, I know this is not great. This is awful. This is, And you were probably sober still at the time when you had to eat. And you like wanted to eat because from what I've understood i haven't been married yet uh-huh. but like the bride and groom really don't get to eat they kind of have to like shove food down their throats yes because you're going around like thanking everyone for being there yes. and they all want to take a photo of you and so all that kind of stuff really, you're like dang i don't even get to enjoy this it's not good but i'm so hungry yeah and i when i took a bite of it finally i was like this is and i looked at it i was like this is disgusting i was like y'all are enjoying this like this is great good idea and i'm like if you guys are loving it that's fine but me and my wife are pretty upset oh <laughs> my gosh well they have said there's a there's a rumor to something bad happening at a wedding it means good Good luck for your marriage. Yes. I don't know if that's true. I would like to think it's true because our marriage has been fine. Yeah. So, yeah. And you guys have been married for how long now? That'll be five years. Uh, it was just five years. Five so it just years. happened. Yeah. You just cel- Oh, yeah. I saw you guys celebrated. post and celebrated with the, the fancy drinks and dinner. Did you cook that? Yeah, I made it. Yeah, I made some grilled oysters and I made some uh, lamb chop, uh, bone in lamb chop stuff and some artichoke and all that. Dang. Yeah. And some made some Chef old Scuba Steve. Yeah. Oh, maybe your new name is Chef Scuba. Chef Scuba. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like with the, the chef's kiss. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like salt babies. 
<laughs> that's your new like I, with the accent on it. I don't, I don't know. But so you guys had your anniversary at home though, because you guys have two babies. Yes, yeah. So we didn't go anywhere. Um, but yeah, we stayed at the house. It was it was fine. We have kids, and so that's our life. Well, when you have Chef Scuba in the house, totally you don't need to you go don't anywhere. Need anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh, yeah. awesome. Okay, well, for for all of those people that are getting married, Bobby included, yeah. and Mikey coming up very oh, yeah. very soon. What is your like big piece of marriage advice one and then wedding advice? So separate ones. Okay, I'll start with the wedding one because I feel like I know that one off the top of my head. For me, the wedding advice I would give if this aligns with your schedule, if you're getting married, I totally recommend because with my first marriage, which was a, a travesty, it was awful. We <laughs> which did, we have learned a few times on the show. So go back and listen if you haven't heard all the show. Yeah, yeah. Just a spoiler alert. It didn't end well. Oh, there is a blog <laughs> on BobbyBones.com of him admitting something about the engagement ring, which is oh, pretty yeah. funny too. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, on. Yeah. Um, so um, I totally recommend like my first one, we got married and we waited six months and then did our honeymoon. So there was that separation. So it didn't even feel like our honeymoon. It was almost like a vacation six months later. But with my soulmate, my wife... We got married on a Saturday, and then we had the wedding. The wedding started at 11. It was over by like 3 or 4. We went back to the house, had a big house party with everyone, and then they kind of gave us a send-off, like old-school wedding style. And we hit the airport, went to SFO, and we flew out that night of our wedding to the Grand Cayman Islands, which was cool because, as you mentioned earlier, when you're at the wedding, you're all over the place. You're not really eating. You're not being able to talk. You know, you, you don't, I really didn't see my wife very much during the wedding itself after we did our vows. So it was really cool to be able to come together at that moment as we were flying for four or five hours to the islands to be able to kind of talk about and be like, hey, this is what I saw and this is what she saw and kind of share the stories of the wedding and have different perspectives on what we each experienced and just kind of talk about what we're excited for with our future and kind of plan things and then get pumped up and excited for the honeymoon that we're about to be on in a matter of minutes. So my advice to anyone is if you can get married in that exact same night, bounce, go on your honeymoon. That way you're still relishing in the high of the marriage and uh, people who wait later, it's fine. It's, it, you can do that. But if you can do it right after, please do. That is the best way to do it. Different kind of like high about it, for lack of a better word. Yeah, use. you're pretty much yeah. high on the wedding. Yeah. yeah. And you're living in that moment and you're you're feeling it versus six months later, it's already passed. And it just kind of feels like a regular vacation. You're not really on your honeymoon. There's not like that that feeling, especially when you go to places for your honeymoon. They're like, oh, my God, you guys, you guys just get married. And when you're like, oh, we got married six months ago. It's kind of like, meh. But if you're like, yeah, we got married yesterday. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, buy you a round of drinks it's like a whole different kind of experience oh that's true i didn't even think of like yeah i'm always like yeah i get it i mean life and especially with jobs they're so much more particular about when you can take off and yeah and do things now but i didn't even think about the part of like when you're there and like you're experiencing it and you're like we're on our honeymoon but we got married like a year ago yeah it doesn't really feel that cool i mean, if, I mean every, like you said to each your own everyone's schedule but i say you do this once and just do it like I told the people I was working with at the time, it was Ryan Seacrest and all of them. I'm like, I'm going, I'm getting married. And I'm going to be gone for two weeks afterwards. So you guys went to Grand Caymans for two weeks? For two weeks, yeah. Oh my God. Which Grand Cayman is beautiful. Oh yeah. Beautiful island. Yeah. So two weeks there is insane. Yeah. It was gorgeous. It was, a, it was cool. a lot of fun. And all of our money, because we had been living together already. We bought a house together. So we didn't need like toasters and that kind of random stuff. So we just told everyone to donate to our honeymoon fund. So we basically had... A nice stack full of cash. Nice. And we're able to just, we were on the honeymoon and I was like, 
let's do everything. I don't want to like budget and worry about, oh, can we do this or can we not do that? Like, let's go. Let's do everything. Let's go to all the restaurants we want to go to. Let's drive around. Let's rent a Jeep. Let's do everything we wanted to do. Let's do it. This is our one shot to do it. Because we knew eventually we're going to have kids and you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Or as much as, or as kind often. Of like the big adventure right yeah. after the biggest adventure of your life. Totally. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah. So when That's you find simple. the right person, Morgan, okay. and everyone listening, married, honeymoon that same night. Okay. I mean, I'd love to because I feel like that's also very movie-esque. Too. It is. Like, I love rom-coms and they get swept away and they go. But like real life, that doesn't happen. So sometimes you want your life to be a movie. Yeah, totally. And that is a movie for me. Totally, yeah. It okay. is a movie. Okay. And Make what it a reality. What about marriage advice? Marriage advice? So I got really good advice from two rappers, E-40. And Too Short. This is not prepared for you saying that. <laughs> so have you ever heard of E-40 or Too Short? I've heard of E-40. So E-40 Sounds is huge. Familiar. And yeah. Too Short has that song that goes, blow the whistle. Do, 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 do. What's my favorite word? Why they gotta say it like short? Really popular. He's very popular in the 90s. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're like Bay Area legends, and I was living in the Bay at the time. Okay. And they happened to be there in that that same time frame that I was getting married and all that. Earl, E40's been married for like 15, 20 years. Too short. Never got married and was kind of just playing around. So I kind of got both sides of the perspective. Yeah. And E40's like, yo, the way you, I mean, this is very cliche, but he's like, look, the way to have a successful marriage is you got to have communication. If there isn't communication, then, you know, what are you basing your foundation on? You have to be able to communicate, whether it be something as simple as, you know, talking about your day to expressing your feelings about how you feel about something um, and just keeping each other in the know. Like that's your, that's your partner. That's your teammate. Uh, you guys are a team, so you have to work as a team always. So that was his biggest advice. And then Too Short on the other end, who <laughs> is um, the playboy and you know living yep. free and hanging out. His was just all about making sure you always show her that you love her and like go on, on dates every once in a while. Kind of keep that love. Date, date your spouse. Yes, exactly. Keep that uh, that that momentum of love and passion and romance. Well, for a playboy, that's not bad advice. No, no. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, so okay. but what you're telling me is your whole marriage is based off of two rappers' marriage advice. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and here I stand today. Thank you, Too Short, and thank you, E40. Hey, you know what? It works. So yeah. why not? Yeah, okay, yeah. well. I loved that, and I'm glad that we got to hear a little bit about your wedding because you weren't with the show yet. So yeah. now we know what happened in your love life yes. to bring you here now to have two little pretty babies and a great marriage. What? So for you, I know you're not married or it's not in the cards <laughs> yet, but I guess what is your fairy tale? Like, do you imagine you getting married at a certain location? Like, do you want to go back home? Do you want to do it here in Nashville? Like, what I do you what do you see? I know it's hard to really yeah. it's really hard to really say it, but I mean, do you have? Well, like, I mean, so as a little girl. Like, I had so many dreams of what my wedding, of what my real life would look like in marriage. Like, um, you know when you used to play... MASH? MASH. Yeah! <laughs> I was thinking that, and I was going to say it if you didn't say it. Mansion, apartment, uh, what was it? Mansion, apartment, shack, house. House, yes, yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, and you always pick the girl or the guy you're really into, and you hope it lands on her and like or him. And, like, a dog or a cat. Or yes. Girl, like, yes. Yes. So I'm very I'm one of the very few boys in my family. So I had all girl cousins and siblings that are girls. Played mash. So yeah, so I always played mash and mall madness and like all these very girly things, which I think I think helped me in life because then I wasn't such uh, a guy. Like you know, like I kind of 
not felt for, but I understood the women's side of things. Yeah, it gave you a different perspective. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And having a mom, single mother, so it kind of gave me a different perspective on on how to, you know, how to coexist with with women, where most guys are not good at that. <laughs> yes. Women, what do they do? What is, yeah. what are they happening? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so. Oh my god, that's so funny. I was just thinking about Mash the other day, but when, yeah. when we would play Mash, like I had such a like you know fairy tale movie type thing planned out that yeah. I wanted, and for a long time in my adult life, I even wanted that. And then, like after going through some failed relationships, I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm I'm really not. I don't care about that stuff anymore. My my whole perspective shifted. Okay. Like you know, and like you really just care about the stereotypical things because that's what you're taught to care about. Yeah, of course. And then like you kind of grow up, and you're like, that's not what real life looks like. Oh yeah, like. not at all. That's kind of what happened to me in like marriage and you know relationships and stuff. Like, love the idea of having kids. Don't know if I'm going to. Don't know if I can. And so I'm like yeah. open to the idea that maybe I don't. Maybe I adopt. Yeah. And before I was like, no, I'm going to have four kids, two girls, two boys, and a white picket fence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And live in a mansion because it's yeah, circled on M. Yes. <laughs> I got it on MASH. I better get it in real life. <laughs> and then like now, too, like even a partner, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I want this the hot famous guy. Give, give me Justin Timberlake. Yeah, of course. But now I'm like, no, I want a real good man who communicates and is a healthy human being. Yes, like, yeah. So many of my adult things changed. So... As far as like any expectations for the wedding, like really no. I'm okay. open for indoor, outdoor. I know I want to have an open bar and I know that I want to have some really bomb food because I love food. Yes. Oh, and yeah. I'm so with you on the dessert bar. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like all kinds of different desserts or if it's going to be like fondue and all the other things to dip in it. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Or a donut wall. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like so focused on the food portion of weddings than I am probably about the actual getting married. Oh, yeah. part. That makes sense. Mrs. Food World over here. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. food. <laughs> so that's more of what I've recently been focusing on. Like I'll, I'll be on Pinterest. And I'm like, mm, that's a cool little food thing for a wedding. Uh-huh. <laughs> other girls are like pinning their dresses and stuff. And I'm like, there's food. I'll care about the food. Yeah, the food and drinks, yeah. please. So that's about the only thing I've probably really thought about it. Uh, definitely shifted as my adult life changed. But, okay. So. As far as like honeymoon, des- I mean, that's another thing I feel like you got to talk to your partner mm-hmm. about, but has there ever been like a destination like, oh, I really either want to go here or revisit this place for my honeymoon? Well, I think I would want to go somewhere new. I'm such a big adventurer and I don't get to because, you know, it works hard to get away from. Oh, yeah. yeah. And But I would love to travel the world. So I'd love to really go to maybe Greece or Australia. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, very cool. Two places that I really want to visit, like top of my list. So yeah. like if the next time I get to do that is a honeymoon. I'm 100% taking it. Totally. And I, I mean, I'd love to go for like two weeks because going to a foreign country is really hard to go for like five days or yeah. a week even. Because you have like a day or in change of travel yeah. and, and you got to kind of get settled and acclimated. So you really, when you do a two week thing, you're really only there for a week and a half. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully one of those. I really want to go to Greece and Australia. Those are like the top travel okay. places for me. Where would you, if like you could do a honeymoon just right now, like yeah. already married again, what country would you go to or somewhere new? Uh, I think I've always wanted to go to Fiji or Tahiti. Oh yeah. Those Tahiti, are down on the island, like deep in the island. Yeah. That's like down the Pacific, um, like below Hawaii and all that. Yeah. Uh, Tahiti would be cool. Cause I've always seen those little huts they have where it has the floor and you can open up the hatch and go right into the ocean. <laughs> you just want to like, like <laughs> just be in your room and just dump. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. like, bye. We're back. Love you. <laughs> Yeah, I think it'd be so cool to be able to do that. Okay, yeah, those are good places. So yeah. if any of our, our listeners have gotten to go to those places, feel free to share our photos with us and make us super jealous. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I'm dying for vacation, especially the beach. Oh, yes. I have never been landlocked in my life. I've always lived in the coast, whether it's been Florida or California, and this landlocked life. 
which I was fine with go- moving here. Well, yeah, but that was pre-COVID. Before yeah, I didn't realize really it'd be a pandemic that was going to happen. Yeah. Like, you weren't even just landlocked. You got forcibly landlocked on top of the landlocked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm jonesing oh. for, a, for a, a coastline right now. Oh, I'm with you. I'm so with you. A vacation sounds incredible. Yeah, I can't wait for July. Oh, man. Before, <laughs> before we keep going on the, our, our tangent of all the places we want to go, y'all can hear right now Bobby's latest wedding update. Number three. Maya in Missouri is on the phone. Hello, Maya. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. I am more than excited to be able to actually say hi. Um, good morning, studio. Morning. Um, Bobby, I wanted to say thank you for... Um, I love watching you on American Idol and you mentor all those people. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for getting some of them out of their comfort zones and riding in the go-karts and stuff like that with them. Um, and then also I wanted to know, are you and Caitlin going to record your guys' wedding for your fans to see, or is that going to be more of like a private thing? I'm sure there will be cameras there. We're not putting it up as like a live stream or anything. Listen, honestly, I would. She would not. <laughs> but that ain't her thing. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and a lot of the details she's kind of. I dare you to ask her. No, 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 no. <laughs> a lot of the details she's also not wanted to share yet because she's like, hey, this is kind of our thing. Like m- much of much of our life is lived publicly. Let's have something for just us. And I'm like, hey, I respect that. Right. I've had to adjust. She's had to adjust more than me. And so I, I would imagine there will be pictures and video galore. I don't know, but I'm sure. Right. Well, after the fact. Yeah. But not live. like live streams. Not live. We're not having phones in the, you know, people aren't going to have phones in the ceremony. What's your plan for that? Reception, people will get phones when they walk through. They, they have, it's like a phone they check. They have to put it up, yeah. That's just so we don't leak pictures and stuff? Because at some point a picture comes out and then everybody can have their phones back. Yeah. It's yeah. not about people taking pictures during it, really, because we, we wouldn't care, but um, people is going to do a deal and they're like, oh, People Magazine, got it. Oh, yeah, People Magazine. Yeah, not just people. Not just people. <laughs> and so if anyone posts anything, the deal's dead. Ah, got it. So no phones during the ceremony, but during the reception, phone it up, you know? Speaking of the wedding, and thank you for that question, Maya. I hope that answer is suitable to your liking. Yes, it was. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. You too. Thank you. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Bobby Bones and his fiance Caitlin's episode of Running Wild with Bear Grylls aired this week. But before it aired, Caitlin came on the show and talked about everything that happened behind the scenes, including a six-ish hour conversation that they had with Bear by the fire with no cameras, just sitting in the wild, you know, by the fire talking about personal things. It was really cool to hear a behind the scenes of a really popular TV show, especially one that Bobby and Caitlin were on. So this was really cool to listen to, and definitely, if you missed it, listen to it right now. Number two. Well, Caitlin's here because tonight we are on Running Wild with Bear Girls at 9, 8 Central. How would you define that experience? The experience, looking back, was amazing. Loved it. In the moment, it was so awful. It was not fun. I hated every second. I was freezing. I didn't sleep. My breath was gross. While we did it, it was awful. While we did it, it was her t- breath or the whole thing? The breath. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe both. Probably just kidding. She just said that. And you were like, it was yeah, awful. No, it was. Because it's so hard and so scary the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah. It's so hard. It's so scary. And you just live in a constant state of fear because you don't know what's about to happen. 
You just know it's going to suck, but you don't know what it is, so you can't prepare yourself. And Bear is amazing. Ugh. And we mean the most complimentary way, but it sucks while you do it, but when you leave, you're like, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Greatest thing, and I can't say, I mean, I could do a whole hour on Bear. He's just the best person, and we didn't even get to spend that much time with him. I mean, you got to spend, I guess, a total of like four days with him, because two each time, but I've only spent two days with him, and I... Like, I am, wanted to invite him to the wedding. He well, we did invite come. him to the wedding. Oh, you did? Yeah, we did. Yeah. He can't coming. come. No. Ah. He's going on vacation or holiday. And he looked like the other side of the world. <laughs> but we, you know, after we did a whole day of work, we hung out for like six hours at the campfire. No cameras. No cameras. He sat up and talked to us until like, I don't know, 2, 3 a.m. Um, about marriage, about his wife and how she didn't necessarily like want to be in the public eye and like kind of how that's been for them and how they've both had to learn to kind of navigate that and set boundaries, which is like, okay, hello. I'd like to know about a lot of that stuff. So he just, he did not have to do that. There were no cameras around and it just meant a lot to me to have him kind of just show interest in us and our relationship because I mean, if I were him, I would have probably just went in my tent, but he didn't. Yeah, he was great. So tonight, nine, eight central, um, watch. There was one point I don't want to spoil it, but you did cry. Okay. I don't know why that needs to be brought up. Well, yeah. you're going to see well, it. I'm going to see it. Okay. But, yeah. but I would cry, too. On the show tonight, Thank you. you'll see it where she does cry. And I didn't laugh. I actually was like, oh, no, we no, got this. You you were so sweet. Yeah. You really were. And, and some of the previews, I'm reminded how sweet I am because. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I am because I'm like. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, it's a, oh, it's it's a whole the Bobby thing. highlight reel. We have it every night before bed. <laughs> <laughs> We go through everything great he's done in the day. (laughs) Oh, wow. No, now I'm thinking he has this video footage that he can, like, play back for you. Remember how sweet I am? Yes. Please do. Oh, that happens to me all the time. He's like, hey, remember today when I did this? I'm like, I do. Yeah. (laughs) That was really sweet of me, huh? In the club, I can just see me not caring about the cameras, but only caring about you. And that never happens to me on TV because I'm always so invested in, in what's going out over the air. Totally. And but that's my point before you two. These two, <laughs> Amy and Caitlin, all they do is affirm oh, each other gosh. all lifetime. That's not, that is always affirm. Actually, oh, I'm like, where are you going, I, Caitlin? She's going, I'm going to Amy's. Oh, great. I, You're gonna, there's some affirmation <laughs> coming about something when you get back home. No, I can call you out on oh, stuff. Honestly, out of all the people in my life, she calls me out more than anyone. Thank you. What, well, I, I don't, don't know I, that we need to be proud of that. Oh, <laughs> no, I just she's like, yeah, oh, show no, her. No, <laughs> not at all. You show me. I'm just saying we're not just, I just don't want you to think it's an affirmation party. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely not an affirmation party. It's like a good balanced friendship where you can call people when they're being crazy and also affirm them when they're not. My point is, I didn't realize how unattached I was to the production and I was completely attached to you until I see the preview clip back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you can tell I'm not even oh, that's caring about the camera. Oh, now it's a good thing. Now you switched it. I can affirm no, you in that. Thank you, Amy, my affirmation partner. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> affirmation hour. I like it. No, it was great. And I, even I don't know if this part made it to the show, but they asked us what we learned about each other at the end of the weekend. And I think I said I just learned. I already I didn't learn anything new about you, but I was affirmed in knowing that you will always take care of me emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever it is. You are all I'm always your number one. And I already knew that. But in that situation, it was so tense. And it was like it wasn't for a show because everything is authentic, but it was for a TV show. And you still always made sure I was okay. Watch it tonight. Running wild with Bear Girls. It's Caitlin who's in here now and myself. And listen, I had to do a little convincing to get her to go on the show. 
I think I caught you at the exact right time. I think you had just been to therapy, and they were like, <laughs> so. they were, <laughs> and they were like, okay, you, if you know you're gonna take the bad with my job and people coming after you, you should take some of the good too. Yeah, the good sleeping in two degree weather. Okay. In a tent. <laughs> we froze. <laughs> it was miserable cold. It was miserable. And I thought Bear, who's like just the most, sorry, manliest man. Sure. Right. And that, like yeah. has survived. Sure. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I had to hear about yeah. this for weeks afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> who's like survived in all sorts of climates. I thought he'd be sleeping like a baby. Like obviously it's just us who we don't camp or do anything like that. But the next morning he said he did not sleep at all. He was mm. too cold. Even Bear Girls. Even Bear Girls. The manliest of men. And he does give us something at the end of the show tonight, which is really cool, which we haven't shown yet. But we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll have it. We'll show it on Instagram oh, afterward. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And then I well, you know what? I'm not doing a highlight reel. What? What did you do? It doesn't matter. I know what he's about to say. What about what? I'm not gonna say it. Well if you bring it up. About your, I'll yeah, try exactly. <laughs> he's like, oh well, what? Wait, is it on the show? No. No. Well, okay, what is it something you did recently? Uh, well, maybe I'll tell you tomorrow. You already know about it. Oh. I'll tell you tomorrow. It was Valentine's Day, the gift he gave me. It's part of the, it's one of the gifts. Mm-hmm. One of the gifts. Was One it? of the gifts, yes. The only gift. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. The most unexpected, very funny, also kind of terrifying bit that happened on the show this week. Lunchbox called a psychic. You know, it was a show bit. He got talked into it. But the psychic revealed, spoiler, you know, just don't listen to this part real quick, that he's going to die maybe in the next few years, like 2023. And yeah. mind blown. All of us were sitting in the studio, like, shocked. And we're like, <laughs> was she supposed to say that? Is that what was supposed to happen? But I also, like, I just have such a weird, like, I I so believe in so many random things in the universe. So I'm not against psychics. And I do believe they know something. Yeah. But, like, Scuba, how do you, do you think Lunchbox, like, what was said? You were kind of there when that call happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like she has some credibility? Do you think she even should have said that, even if she did see it? Um, I, I don't, so I don't know what the code of, like, uh, psychics is, like, what you say and don't say. Um, but I, I feel like they have to be open and honest and truthful of whatever they see, even if it is darkness and death and all that, <laughs> which we don't want to hear. And maybe that's why a lot of them try to avoid from, like, the, the future questions. Like, oh, I don't really want to get into that, which I've heard, because, like, you don't really, whether it's good or bad, you don't. They don't want to say it because then you almost live your life with that expectation of this is going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. And then you almost like set it up to happen. Yeah, they, then you're manifesting it too much and then it does happen or it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen because you were trying too hard to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like she was valid. I found her. She was legit. I, I, I reached out to some crystal lovers out there in <laughs> L.A. And, <laughs> and they directed me to, to uh, some pretty good people to choose from. So. Yeah, she, Crystal was good. Well, I saw people like posting online. Uh-huh. They were like, you know, there's a there's a difference. Like if somebody's really like this genuinely good psychic, instead of telling you <laughs> that like something bad could happen, they're going to be like, hey, like 2023 might be a rough year. Yeah. You should probably do this, this, and this to avoid that happening. Yeah. And so, but I don't know. I just feel like it just is based on the psychic. I don't think there's really a right or wrong way to be a psychic, just as there's not a right or wrong way to do most things in the world. Yeah, and she could be interpreting it as death, but it could be the death of something, not necessarily him. It could be like the the death of his Ultima finally eventually dies in 2023. Like who knows what the death could actually be. Well, and if she's like reading cards or if she's like whatever she's reading, it could just be black. 
Yeah. I mean, what does, what that, does that, mean? that mean? That means a lot of things. Is the universe going to die? Exactly. Yeah. Is, is it more than just Are we him? All die? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, I can't. Oh crap! Now, now I'm getting all scared. <laughs> now we're <laughs> now we're spiraling. We're all going to be dead in 2023. It's not just lunchbox. It's all of us. <laughs> oh god yeah that just put a really bad image in my head like you know, you know on like those things yeah. on like the movies where they they do these world and noon shows and like they predicted it at some point like the simpsons predict things totally and this is like the moment that somebody predicted the end of the world and it was during our bit yeah <laughs> like what well you hear that all the time too like there was that preacher in oakland california like two different times where he had these billboards up and he's like you know cash in all your money or live your life or whatever because the world's coming to an end on some certain date i remember like we all laughed about it in the bay we're like whatever dude date came and we all were joking like okay today's the end of the world and the next day still happened and we are, and like he did it two different times. This is true. So like maybe that person saw something, but it was the end of something. Like I just think they, they like to your point, interpretations could be lost in in translation. I know. Do you, have I you hope. ever gotten a psychic reading done on yourself? Yes. So I think we talked about it one previous time when we were I was on this podcast with you yes, of a guy who came in situation too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The ghost situation. Yeah. So I've definitely had it. Just one psychic reading. I think maybe two, but one that I felt. Like, okay, this guy's super legit. And remind me, was that psychic the one who um, said that you could get in touch with ghosts and, like, predicted that? Or was it this a different scenario? He was the one that, so one thing that he saw, he was like, I see your father-in-law. Like, he was like, he's right there sitting in that chair. I was like, what? Okay, yes. Yeah, he was like, he was seeing okay. actual people around me in that moment in this studio and I was, and then when he says it, I don't know if it's just because he said it and you start to trip up, but as soon as he says it, you start feeling things like, am I starting to feel things because it's really happening or because I'm trying to make, or just have that feeling of something's happening. I don't know. Yeah. But then I started feeling things on my spine and in my <laughs> head. And, but he told me I have a really bright light and that things are always trying to connect with me. Yeah. And so do you, what if in like this kind of alternative universe, <laughs> you might actually be like a psychic. I could be not and, even realize and, it. And maybe it's not like, cause we had briefly mentioned that maybe you like connect to ghosts in a way which is still still a very big possibility yeah but maybe you're also a psychic and it's all these other people's ghosts that are trying to get to you so you can tell other people, people about what's them. going on yeah yeah it could be like i could be the medium for other things and, yes. and because i haven't accepted it medium scuba steve you could have your own tv show there's tv shows about mediums. <laughs> what's that guy's name john edwards like oh yeah that does all the celebrities totally yeah yeah from what i've heard he's like really good which yeah. kind of scares me yeah so i don't know maybe i mean but I've never fully accepted it just yeah. because I'm so fearful of hearing it. Like, I feel like once you open that gate of being able to see and hear things, then it's like, there's no turning off. There's you can't no turn it back. off. You can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I kind of worry, not worried about it, but I just, am afraid of like, if I open that, what happens? You, you know? mark my words in 30 years when you decide to retire from the rest of your things in yeah. life, you are going to have some TV show because you were actually a medium your entire life and That'd you be didn't awesome. know it. <laughs> You'll be my first guest. <laughs> I'll be like 90 years old. And I'm like, I told you so. <laughs> oh, darn it. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm so intrigued. I've thought about getting like the, the dog psychic thing done to, to understand my dog because I yeah. feel like that's interesting. But then there's also this other part of me that just doesn't want to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what Remy's really thinking. Do I really want to know? Remy actually doesn't like you. Yeah, what, do like, I, what? what if I find out she just hates me? She's like, this is a terrible life. Yes. And 
there's I had a really good life that I ran away from and you like yeah, yeah. I don't want to know that. That's why she's always chill and just kind of there because she's like, well, I guess I got to do this. I guess <laughs> like, I have to love her. The, the chances of that actually being real are, are slim, but like that's my yeah. like worst case scenario thinking like this is what would happen. So. Yeah, it's the, it's the knowing of the no, and then you can't turn it back. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. but I, I I could totally see drunk Morgan someday wandering into a psychic and be like, tell me everything. Yeah, I need to know. And then the next day I'm waking up with serious weekend scaries, like yeah. not sure what's happening. <laughs> yeah. It is a fun world to tap into, though, but yeah. it is very risky, I feel like. It is. It's opening a whole can of worms. That I'm I'm okay with accepting that there are aliens already here, but I'm not okay with accepting my own fate. Oh, cicadas are aliens, I believe. Like, think I mean, about... They do. They look like little aliens. They look like... Think about their life cycle. Like, how weird is that? That mm-hmm. those guys are living in the ground for 17 plus years, surviving off whatever they're surviving off of, and then they just come out, they live for a little bit, and then they die. Mm-hmm. And they're loud. I feel like they're transmitting what? information up. Yes, and they look like little aliens. <laughs> they do. They like, do. They are creepy looking creatures. Super. And they always. We, we've always talked about even on the show about we depict aliens as this Martian with the weird head and our height. They could easily be microscopic organisms that are right around us right now. We don't even know it. Well, and and. We always talk, so I, I mean, nah, I'm so weird, and that I read, like, all the things NASA I'm puts out. I'm weird, too, though, so bring it. Let's go. <laughs> I read all the articles that NASA puts out about things yeah. they find, even stuff that doesn't really make the news. I just go to NASA, and I'm, like, <laughs> doing oh, yeah. some research on the articles. Totally. And they are always talking about how they hear sound waves yeah. from different places, and they're trying to connect that. Well, cicadas are so loud. Yes. What if those sound waves... Our communication, and we're communicating to another planet, and we just don't know it. We don't know, yeah, because when they all do it at the same time, yeah. and when they're doing it, I'm sure you've heard it, it happens in, like, patterns. Like, you'll hear one from a, a, one side of the yard, and then it talks to the other side of the yard, and then it repeats, and then it goes elsewhere. Like, it's an actual pattern of noises that occur with the cicadas. Yes. Like, they're, so I know they're communicating. The cicadas are an alien invasion, and we just have yes. not noticed it until just now. <laughs> until just now, yeah. <laughs> but I'm also going to your wavelength thing. Like, we see and feel certain vibrations, mm-hmm. which is why psychics and mediums and whatever they feel and see different levels. Like, we see what we see in front of us right now, but there's different vibrations like that our dogs can hear that we can't hear. Yeah. And they can see that we can't see. So what if, like, right now there's, a, there's an alternate universe that exists in our current universe that happens around us that we just can't see? And they can't see us or they can see us and they yes. and they are able to move through us and move around us because they're in a whole nother intellectual space that we just can't comprehend or well, grasp. You know what? I mean, we have hmm, another, another, <laughs> mm. <laughs> another conspiracy. I got the brain going. Is that we, we have all these superhero and like, um, you know, these like planet type movies and stuff that we all love. Yeah. And I've always thought that somebody's coming up with these ideas like. I think they're manifesting something or they have knowledge that we don't know about. Yeah. Because the reality is we, you know, we have a real life Tony Stark, Stark, which is Iron Man. It's Elon Musk. Oh, totally. That's yeah. happening. That's happening. Yeah. Uh, some foreign countries are already trying to build super soldiers, which would be Captain America. Yep. So like we're already headed down this path and there are superhero shows that have alternate realities. Yeah. So, the <laughs> yeah, it's there. Hollywood. I, I'm Hollywood gonna get in a really deep hole. No, no. I feel like Hollywood has a connection like they talk about Illuminati and all these different things, whatever. There's just one thing. It's mm-hmm. aliens. And I feel like that you can classify it and have everyone classify it. But I feel like that there's some sort of communication that comes or there's even aliens like Tom Cruise is an alien. 
like, like it's deep in Hollywood. It's like manifested into like the most popular actors and actresses. Yes, like they're just planted here, and they're that's why they are what they are. Like I always envision almost like almost like a Matrix, where somewhere up somewhere is like these beings and they're like, I want to try out Earth. I want to, I want to, I want which is almost like a theme park. I want to go live on Earth for a little bit. For us, it's a hundred years. Mm-hmm. For them, it's like 15 minutes. They like shoot into a body. They live a hundred years down here and they go back up and then they wake back up wherever they wake up from. And it was just like an experience for them. Almost like virtual reality, like on yes. Earth. See, I think, it, I mean, like I know we probably sound a little crazy because yeah. we're all kinds of conspiracy sure. theories. But, like, I just love it. I love the idea that any of that could be happening. That anything is possible. Yeah, we're just in this crazy universe, and yeah. you're just living your life, and <laughs> something But they, but they talk about, like, past lives and stuff, and they and why we do certain things, and, mm-hmm. and why we have these innate fears, and why we do the certain things that we do, because we live different experiences previous to us, and, and we keep evolving as a race, but also as ourselves, because... A hundred years ago, we were a soldier in a war and we did this, that and the other. And we evolved and learned why we did what we did was wrong. And we've changed. Hopefully some of us change and some don't. And those are like the dark spirits, the ones that never change and never evolve and never move on to better themselves. I think it was a weird tangent, but yeah, no, I mean, that's like, have you seen the movie soul? uh, The cartoon? No, I haven't seen it. No, no. Well, in that movie, most people have probably seen it, but like they have a little, they have characters that their, their souls go dark. Yeah. And they just turn all dark. But then somebody comes to save them and they go back to their happy side. Okay. So it's like it's the, the, the dark souls in Soul Disney. I mean, again, back to Hollywood. They know They're everything. They know everything. <laughs> they know it. Walt Disney is not dead. He is not frozen. <laughs> He's still up there in the high tower yep. making control happen. So, yeah. uh, there's a big brother somewhere. I just don't know what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I want to see it. <laughs> I know. I, I'm fine with where I'm at right now. It would be cool to kind of just be like someone one day comes up to me like when I'm, like you said, when I'm older and I'm 90, they're like, hey, psst, I'm an alien. We're real. Your whole life, you've been right. <laughs> or, oh, man. or we're an alien yeah. and we get some sort of sign and you like look in the mirror and one day you're not talking, but you're talking in the mirror and he's like, he's like, hey, you're right the whole time, bud. Don't you worry. This game's going to be over <laughs> we're, soon. We're putting so many worst case scenarios out there. Like, all of our listeners are going to be like, uh, what is happening? I don't, I don't want to listen. I don't want to yeah. listen. I don't want to know any of that. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that was great. Never though. have I've, Steve ever again on this week, no, weekend it was podcast. Fabulous. I am all about conspiracy theories and just like the whole universe being something that we just don't know. Yeah. We don't understand. There's a lot out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, if you think we're the only thing out there, you're out of your mind. Like, mm-hmm. the earth and humans are the only thing. Like, come yeah. on. Look you, out in the sky. You can think for yourself that that is not the case yeah but the reality is that totally yeah exactly and i I think people get so nervous about it or anti it because of religion and i totally understand that and religion plays a part into it but who's to say that that because everyone has their own version of a god but what i'm saying is we see something as a god what if there's only that one god but we just depict it how we were told in our Mm -hmm. in our culture yeah and that one god could be you know it's jesus whoever but it could also be jesus could Jesus could be an alien. Manifesting a whole lot of other ways. <laughs> You'd be doing the whole thing. Yeah, I oh, mean, think man. about it. Steve, you're opening my brain to so many things <laughs> to think about. But I'm also like transforming it all into the superhero universe. Too. I'm like, this totally, is all yeah, yeah. Come that's way more to, fun to look at it that to, way. To true life. Yeah. We're going to have the God of Thunder at some point. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Zeus comes down and drops and a ball. If bowl. he doesn't look like Chris Hemsworth, I don't want it. I'll be upset. I'll be upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay this is great i loved it all of it but before before we we go and y'all can enjoy the rest of your weekends conspiracy theory free <laughs> here is lunchbox finding out from a psychic that he might die we don't know yeah i don't know you decide <laughs> number one okay i asked mike why you called a psychic during the break because i was like what's the bit this was the, the originally going to be the bit 
Mike D wanted Lunchbox to call a psychic, get a reading, not like it, and then call back and ask for a refund. Oh, okay. Like that was going to be oh. the prank call. Okay. So that was originally the bit. But Lunchbox is all butthurt today because of what she told you. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. I didn't ask for this information, but she just starts telling me stuff. And then she tells me something, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, explain more about that. So ah, ah, ah. we use the company credit card. The original bit was to call and then call back and get a refund. But apparently it didn't go as Lunchbox planned. In the <laughs> So this is about a, a minute and a half call? Yep. Okay, let's hear Lunchbox go uh. through with the psychic and find out something he doesn't want to hear. Go ahead. Hello, Crystal. I'm going to do a reading for you. So are you excited? Yeah, I'm pumped. Let's do it. All right. So, well, um, I can tell by your voice that you have the energy of a guy that comes up kind of tough, but you really seem kind of sensitive. Okay. Does that seem true? I would say I'm pretty tough. Okay. All right. And also, too, I'm seeing that someone is trying to communicate with you, but it doesn't feel like it's a person. So does that sound maybe like maybe you've had a pet that's passed away recently or maybe in the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago I had a dog die. Okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. Okay. So um, I do kind of know how much time you have left. Like on the phone call? No, like, um, you know, how much time you have left. Oh, like how much time do I have left? Well, um, I would say uh, don't make any plans for 2023 and uh, spend lots of time with your wife and kids. And and don't play the lottery because you play the lottery, right? And you never win. Yeah, I do play the lottery quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't win. No, I do not win. You should stop playing. What do you mean? Like 2023, I should stop playing the lottery? No, it's... You know, you should just spend a lot of time with your kids and wife. Like, wait, wait, stuff. you're saying I'm going to die in 2023? <laughs> it's a possibility. And um, I actually have to go now because I have another client. So it was really good to meet you. And um, have a great day. Bye. Wow. What? The psychic told Lunchbox he was going to die in two she, years. Yes, that's what she told me. Can she they tell, do that? Exactly, that's what I'm saying, Eddie. Can they really do that? Can oh. they tell you when they're going to die? Like, this lady's like, oh, you know, yeah, your time's up in 2023. Okay, have a good day. Like, no, no, no. You How okay, do you Bobby? have a good day after that's that? That's weird. That's weird. It makes me feel weird. Yeah, that was hard. She was off. Uh, like, she would deliver that, and then she's like, okay, I, gotta I have go. to go. But was there, like, was there a little editing in that? Did you guys shorten that for time a little bit? Yeah. That final like, part? That was like an eight-minute call. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. There, there was the whole <laughs> warm-up. You're going to die. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, like, okay. Wow. There was the warm-up process. <laughs> uh-huh. and, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. But how do you tell me that? No, no, I'm not calling you to tell me when I'm going to die. Like, what What in the world? So now all I can think about is I'm going to die in two years. It's over. <sighs> Did she say how? <laughs> no, she couldn't. <laughs> that wasn't exactly clear. Just something happens. Oh, okay, really? Okay, here's what I say we do. Let's relax. Call another, find another psychic to call that isn't Amy's cousin because she could be listening to the show. Or Find another psychic to call and ask that question and see if those stories mm-hmm, match. They're the same. If she goes, hey, you have another 20 years or so. But no, no, no. But what if they tell me, oh, yeah, you got two ears? Well, then you got to get, oh then, then get, get busy living. Yeah. You went skydiving. I went rocking mountain climbing. You got to find a bull named Fu Manchu. You got to do that quick. Seconds. But that's what I would say, dude. Just to see, because probably this, this person's full of crap. 
Okay. Probably, right? I would think this person's full of crap. <laughs> I would call another, find another random psychic to call and see if the stories match. Without You don't tell them. Ask stuff like, hey, am I ever going to win the lottery? Hey, I got some kids. How are they going to do? Like a second opinion Basically, from a doctor. You would, yeah. Oh, man. Tomorrow or maybe Monday or Tuesday, we'll get that second call on. Okay? Uh, yeah. Okay. We all, all good? Right. Yeah. Let's go. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. That's a wrap, y'all. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. It was another fun weekend on Best Bits of the Week. Or week, if you're listening to this. You know, whatever. I hope you're having a great day. Nonetheless, if you aren't already, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. At WebGirlMorgan. I post a lot of random TikTok videos and, you know, deal with trolls. That's kind of my life. Also, I post dog content all the time. But don't forget to to follow The Bobby Bone Show at Bobby Bone Show on all things Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and watch everything online at BobbyBones.com. There's so much up there. But really, I really appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to this and hang out with me for a little bit on your weekends because I know that is such precious time and posting about it when you guys really love something. If you really love something, tell me so I can make sure I keep doing it for y'all. And don't forget to follow Scuba Steve at Scuba Steve Radio. Thanks, y'all. I love you. You're great. Bye. This is the Bobby Bone Show. Bobby Bone. I think that's it.